For much of written history, world events followed charted routes. Oracles and seers mapped out the future in the stars above, and their prophecies always gave a reliable view of the ages to come. Until a god died a century ago. No one saw that coming, and now the old prophecies are failing. Oracles go mad and seers desperately try to account for the loss of the future. While some cry out that the world is at an end, they've been doing so for a hundred years now, and the world is still here. It's just unclear where things are going. The future of Galarian is open, ready to receive the triumphs and failures of a new generation of heroes. Welcome to Rise of the Rune Lords. So when we left off, you guys were about to head up a ramp, yeah? We had taken on the dude in the secret room, and we're back at the ramp. So nobody's got any plan of getting around the bears? I mean, I can try talking to them. They are bears, though. They tend to be fairly single-minded. Also, they're, they're in, like, their home, and people would be presumably going past them on a somewhat regular basis. They follow as fast they can take a nap. Yeah, but just don't go poking them, and we'll, we might be okay without any interference. So if we just act natural, they might not care. Like, if we act like we're supposed to be here. Are you going to try to run a confidence game on a bear? There's only one way to find out. Why not? I'm going to go for it. I'll enjoy watching this. Well, I hadn't heard any other plans, so I mean... <laughs> well, I have a suggestion, actually. Maybe. Uh, walks, can you still put up those walls there like you did before with the trap? No. Oh, okay. Like I said, I can talk to them, but no telling if it'll go smoothly. It's a plan. It's something. All right, so be it. Yeah, given uh, a sensible ally, the ogres aren't giant enough to command them, so yeah, I'm not sure I could talk sternly enough, as it were. I mean, as, as long as they don't, Alert everyone. Yeah. Well, 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 one way or another. Well, walks with the uh, birds will cast speak with animals. Proceed up the ramp. Are y'all coming? As I get close to the entrance, I'll say hello, bears. We're just passing through. And I'll kind of wave people to keep going. All right. You wake up two of the three bears by saying hello. I'm waving people to keep moving. I'm more so trying to block the doorway than anything else. Are they responding at all? You've woken them. <laughs> They're awake. <laughs> They're responding with initiative. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. They're not happy being woken up. They're probably trained. It's like I'm going, might be going first the first time that I don't want to go first. You can always delay. Yep. Kind of exactly the point. <laughs> so one of the bears and walks both got nat 20s on the initiative. Very nice. And Barbie. Yeah, that's three nat 20s on initiative. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I didn't see Barmy's. That's normal. One of the bears got a uh, nat one in their perception, and because it's asleep, it's negative uh, 10. Wow. Which is why only two of the three bears woke up when you addressed them. Barmy. As you walk by the cave, uh, you, you hear growls. I'm going to freeze and hold and delay. <laughs> Walks. I assume since we're in initiative, they are obviously in an aggressive kind of stance. Is that accurate? Well, they're not friendly. Well, sure. Sorry for bothering you. There's food down the down the cave. Take two rights. That's it. Do you let a bear pass by you? Yeah. Marcus, the bear comes out of the cave, sniffing, walks with birds, and passing by, walks, and then starts sniffing you. Okay. Trying to let it keep sniffing, and it's also not my initiative for a while, so... Do you take an AOO as it passes by and begins sniffing Urk? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Do you pick a fight with the bear? Then, mm. <laughs> it's your turn. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna stand by for now and watch. Marana. Holding action. Eric? I want to try my wild empathy. I was trying to look it up. What exactly does it do, anyways? It's essentially a replacement of handle animal. Uh, you get level bonus. More accurately, it's closer to a diplomacy equivalent for animals for improving attitude and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just another way of interacting with animals. I always got the impression handle animal is right is like sit, roll over, fetch, whereas wild empathy is more like see, I am one of you. I'm making cute animal noises. Oh God, don't give me that mental image. So it begins. Okay. Eric, you believe that you have managed to not anger this bear? Hopefully. They both appear to be looking for food, but they're definitely in a groggy, just woke up state. And while not directly hostile, they are unfriendly. Uh, You think this one in front of you is neutral towards you? Then I will just leave him be. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to stand here and not make any sudden moves or make eye contact and wait for them to walk past me. Marcus? Um, just slowly and carefully move out of their way. Stepping up behind walks. Barmy. Engaging this is like I'm gonna pull out three rations from my bag and hand them to walk to toss into the thing, like, and nudge his head towards their hole. Hmm? Uh, as Barmy hands you three sets of the good halfling rations and tilts his head towards their, their bed cave. Are they made of meat? To be fair, I don't know. What's in good halfling rations again? <laughs> it's been a minute since I had these described. 
Common in foods in the halfling ration are sweetened dried fruits, aged sausages, sharp cheese, honey cakes, and a mixture of roasted grains, nuts, and molasses. All things a bear would enjoy. Glad to get them off my person. <laughs> I'll throw them in there. Sure. That's probably me for rifling through my bag and handing them over. Okay. Walks. Uh, you said you're going to throw them into the cave. Yeah. Guess my friend had some food on him. Looks like that's one of the bear's favorite snacks. Uh, yeah. The the bear that is sniffing Uruk isn't paying enough attention to what's going on with the rest of the group and is focused on going down the ramp where food was originally said to be. Finn, it is your turn. Oh, I'm just going to keep watching. The other bear was more interested in uh, watching Marcus move, so its attention was turned back towards the rest of the group when the rations got passed and will go in to eat those rations. Uh, the third bear has not been awoken by the smell of the rations. Four bears missing out on some good shit. I'm going to consider this as you have successfully avoided the combat that you accidentally possibly started by waking these bears. Cool. We've done weirder things. <laughs> right. Moving on then. Yep. Walks with birds is now talks with bears. Okay. What's the weather like? You emerge from the caves on this ramp and find that despite it being a pretty sunny day, calm weather, it's actually a little cooler up here on the surface than it was in the caves. Not a lot, but you, it's a noticeable maybe two to five degree difference. That would seem right. Enclosed space with furnaces and whatnot. Living quarters. Warm bodies. I'm more so hoping that my fire elementy self goes unnoticed. Well, you're not up on the surface yet. You're still rounding the rest of this ramp. Yes. But yeah, out of the group, you are definitely the more noticeable of them all, being a walking, living bonfire. At least I'm not cold. What was our plan for distracting these again? Or are we... I think we were mostly going to just try and sneak past. Was the idea some kind of invisibility or something? I have an invisibility I can invoke, but I wasn't expecting us to be coming up into the open this much, given that we were sneaking underground. So we were planning on going... Over here, I believe. <laughs> the corn silo thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or maybe that one, the the one in the southeast that's different. The the spire, white streaks cover the sides of this stone spire and the surrounding ground, thick as paint. Among these immense bird droppings are splintered elk bones and scraps of hide. The spire rises to a needle point 150 feet above, but at a height of 50 feet, you can see openings in the northern face that allow access to a round chamber within, which seems to have built within an enormous nest. That might be difficult. I mean, I can get up there, walk can get up there. Marana probably can. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm sure you want to deal with what's up there by yourselves. <laughs> Not particularly, no. We've got to cross the ground to get there. I mean, hopefully they're all looking outwards, but... Like I say, I have an invisibility. I mean, getting to it, for me, Yurik, me, we're all fairly sneaky. Out of character, furtive. This is basically a giant pit, isn't it? Yes. Uh, it is what you've been walking the ramp around to come from the caverns below. Some of us at least can can take the direct route. Just fly over that way. So we don't have to sneak past. I would rather not fly. I only have one more shape change left in me for the day. Okay. Well, you're also the least subtle of us right now, so if I cast invisibility on you, do you think that would be enough? I would hope so. Fen, are you able to fly yourself? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. So, Marana, I believe I've seen you do that before, so... I can, yes. The three of us just head for that side, closest to the spire, head direct to the spire, I cast invisibility on walks and Barmy Yurik be quick and quiet. As quick and quiet as we can. Yeah. Nod. Would you tell me when? When? We'll probably be quicker. I'm just Does anybody see a better way of doing it? Or a flaw that we're overlooking? I can't help but think something's not right with this plan, but Let's do this. And Marcus casts invisibility on walks. A nat 20 for Ulrich on perception. As you're rounding the ramp, stealthily following Barmy, you quickly realize that the rocks are on guard and lookout, but they're mostly looking to the north, outside of the ring outside of the fortress that you're already in. But if you get too close to them, they will notice you. And you can hear off to the south west of you what sounds like a giant issuing orders and uh, a mammoth. Uh, it, it appears that this wild mammoth is under the process of being broken as a mount for the giants. Okay. Uh, it, it is very clear to you that the mammoth in its agitated state and the rocks in their vigilance are the most likely things to notice the group at this time. The giant's definitely distracted with its work trying to break the mammoth. Well, hopefully it doesn't have to speak with animals. <laughs> Just for clarity, when you say rocks, are you talking the huge giant bird rock, RMC? Yes. Because I do not see any on the map. You don't, do you? Oh, those rocks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're a little far away for Eric uh, to notice at the moment. Oh, those. Oh, those are definitely rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. They just yes. showed up. Humongous. <laughs> that's good to know. Wow. And we're going towards that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the nest. 
that Marcus suggested heading towards a nest of rocks. That's why we're the heroes. I mean, we, we were under the assumption that it was the spa that the harpies were from, which is probably going to be inaccurate because it's probably going to be this one, but hey. Well, now that you're out of the pit and some of you are flying up, it is definitely clear to you that it is not a home to harpies. Barmy's not aware of the rocks yet, but Uruk is. I'm sort of half-mouthing, half-whispering to Barmy what I just noticed. What? Is that enough of a roll for Barmy's eyes to go wide and for him to stop at his tracks? Um, give me a knowledge nature check. Let's see if you even know what a rock is. I mean, that's true. I could be looking at the ground. <laughs> Speaking of rocks, so this is a pebble. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this this might be quartz. Yeah, and that one on that uh, check, you're not familiar with what she's talking about. You are definitely mistaking the word. And those of us that are flying and potentially seeing this, can we knowledge nature to identify? Sure. Do I pick up on what's taking people's attention? Yes, you do. That's cool. Marcus and Finwarin and Walks with Birds. All of you identify a rock. Nat 20 from Marana. Yeah, that, that'll identify. Marana gets three questions and the other three of you get four. Should I just say the obvious one? Do it. Ecology. Yes, let's hear it, psychology. Hmm. Rocks are terrifying. Legendary birds renowned for their ability to carry off elephants and other bigger animals. Typical rock is 30 feet long from beak to tail with an 80-foot wingspan and weigh upward of 8,000 pounds. While their beaks are hooked like an eagle's and designed for slashing and tearing, most rocks prefer to seize prey in their massive clawed talons and drop them from great heights before feasting on the shattered remains. For this reason, they are often followed by flocks of scavengers, like rooks, buzzards, and eagles, hoping to steal portions of the rock's messy meal. The rock generally ignores such opportunists, but if the scavengers don't take care, they nevertheless may find themselves as accidentally consumed by the feeding rock. Rocks are equally comfortable over land and sea, while they are capable of sleeping in the air as they soar solo across great ranges in search of food, they generally return home to the mountains to roost and procreate. They prefer rocky crags that are completely inaccessible by terrestrial means, building vast nests of tree trunks and ruined masonry. Once a decade, a mated pair lays a clutch of three to five eggs and raises its young. Outside of mating, rocks are extremely antisocial and may attack others of their own kind in vicious aerial battles in order to establish their territorial boundaries. When a nest contains eggs or chicks, parents trade off in their long-ranging flights, with one restricting its wanderings to within 10-mile radius of the nest. Rocks are most commonly white, but can be a number of different colors, from dark brown or gold to black or even blood red. Their massive feathers are highly prized, and their eggs even more so, due to their scarcity and high risk involved in harvesting them. 
A single man-sized rock egg can net about 4,000 gold if transported to a market undamaged. A rock can be trained as well as any other animal, but its great size makes this a daunting task for most would-be trainers of human size. The same is true for giants, particularly cloud and storm giants who often use trained rocks as guardians for their lairs. Rocks are even large enough to serve as mounts for the most prestigious of giants. Rocks taken as animal companions by druids or rangers are typically newly hatched birds. A baby rock is the size of a person and ready for flight and hunting within minutes of hatching. Unfortunately for druids seeking animal companions of legendary size, an animal companion rock is limited to a large size, uh, still large enough for a medium druid or ranger to use as a flying beast mount. You are aware that there are two rocks here. There's a nest. It appears that this is a mating pair. Uh, for my other two questions, best and worst saves. Best is reflex. Worst is will. Neat. Number of hit dice? 16. Special attacks? None. Special defenses? None. Ulrich, you also get four questions now that you've identified a rock. Yeah, but I think you already have taken the good ones. <laughs> the general first question always handles like four more after that. <laughs> Can they be scared off? Or is it a defend the nest to death kind of relationship they have with their young and home? They are extremely territorial and aggressive. They do tend to fight to the death. Okay. That's my four. Question regarding immunities. Mm-hmm. What immunities do they have? None. What resistances do they have? None. Uh, a rock is just a gargantuan bird. They're not special animals. They're normal animals. They're just gigantic uh, they are a 20-foot by 20-foot creature. Yeah. Oh, my mind is blank. Um. Uh, okay, potential questions uh, that haven't been asked that you might want to know about are feats, potential reach, speeds, maybe if they can speak or understand languages. Okay, then I want to know about their feats and languages. All right. Being of animal intelligence, they do not speak or understand any languages. Naturally, they would have to be trained to do so. It is unclear if these have been trained. Their feats, they have flyby attack, improved critical on their talents, improved initiative, iron will, lightning reflex, power attack, skill focus and perception, and weapon focus on their talents. Of specific note in these, it would be the flyby attack, meaning that they can dive at you without provoking an attack of opportunity. And then the power attack, they can choose to take a penalty on an attack roll to do more damage. Lovely birdies. Well, those were my four questions. I'll just go for reach then. They have a 15 foot reach. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Expected. Uh, speed. On land, 
they only move at a 20 foot speed, but they have an average fly speed of 80 feet. Okay. Any other details that we haven't gotten? Not really. Yeah. You've got pretty much everything. Yeah, it is like three attacks, one bite, two claws or talons or something, isn't it? Uh, yes. And is it is the grab on the bite or on the talons? I can't remember. It is on the talon. Okay. I think we're done asking questions then. So, how is everyone reacting to seeing these things and realizing what they are? Ooh, rock. No, barmy. Rocks. Not rocks as you pick up from the ground, but rocks as in they're going to do their best at killing you. So, like stone giants. But why not just call them stone giants? Barmy has not looked up. Does Uruk possibly, like, gesture towards them? Yes. I point them out. Uh, 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 oh. Those lovely birdies. And we're going towards them? I thought we were going towards the tower, but maybe. Well, I guess we'll keep sneaking until the others stop going that way. Alright, so where do we go from here? Uh, we might have mistaken where things were. That does not look like it's going to be, um, the place the harpies live. There's no way the rocks would, you know, tolerate them. Not in their nest. Yeah. So we must have misinterpreted it. It must be the other tower. The, the big one, the one that's not the, the lookouts. Yeah, should we go over there, maybe? This tower is not like the others that can pose the fort. Its architectural style is far more intricate and ancient in appearance, bearing similarities to many of the other ancient monuments that dot the Vrygian landscape. Made of black stone and decorated with gargoyles, the tower's walls are streaked with thick lichens of moss. It soars twice as high as the other towers, its facade effectively dominating the view. Yeah, uh, let's... That way. And round to get there, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're going to need to get the others. Hopefully they'll notice that we're not, you know, flying away. I guess we notice people changing directions in their flight and we'll change the direction of our sneakiness. Yeah, if, if you look in Marcus's general direction, he'll do a, a come here type gesture. Lots of birds are just thinking, what the fuck are they doing? As you guys are looking around, the courtyard is vastly open. There is a stone giant attempting to train a mammoth in the main area. And as you're looking at this black tower, you notice the gates as well. A, A solid stone gate, two doors that tower 20 feet high and 10 feet wide apiece. They fit neatly into the wall between two of the 70-foot-high towers and look very difficult to open. You notice there's a stone bar that can go across the gates to essentially lock it closed. It is not set currently. Even though the gates are closed, it is not barred from the inside with this stone bar. You notice... There are three 
harpies perched atop the towers, looking out and guarding this gate. Out of curiosity, does anyone else happen to have Dimension Door? Yes, I was hoping to save it, but yes. Well, the only problem is with uh, blocks being large, is I can take up to four people with one casting, unless, well, that would that would require using that invisibility. Well, he's already invisible, right? Yeah. Oh, is he? Yep. Yes. Because we were planning on sneaking. Okay. So that would mean I could cast Dimension Door, take the rest of us where we're going. And then we wait for the invisible heat source to catch up. Does the invisible heat source know where we're going? Has this been a change of plans? Nope. He's the only one we don't know he's here. <laughs> or at least I don't. <laughs> Walks. Where are you? Speak up. How loud are you saying this? Not loud enough to carry far, or not intentionally to carry far, because I don't want to risk alerting, like, the giant training stuff, because I don't want to start a fight. So I'm assuming that you're somewhere, like, nearby, like Barmy Nurakart. All right, uh, with that perception check, if you don't hear him, you would at least be aware that the group seems to be meeting back up and talking about something. You feel a heat wave move past you, Yurik and Barmy. What's going on? I think he. I think he's here. Uh, that tower we're going to a rock nest, not you know, place of happy knowledge. So we were planning on uh, going direct to the tower, courtesy of Marana, but we can't take everyone. At least not in a single cast. Okay, I can make my way there. If you're okay walking. Yeah, just try and not be noticed, obviously. If I'm understanding things, this will be my route. Yeah? That is correct. Yeah, that's also the area I was going to be aiming for right in there. Anything else I should know? Uh, not that I can think of. Uh, if you get spotted on route, we're probably not going to be near enough to help for a few seconds, so... I'll be fine, probably. Good luck. And you feel the heat dissipate. All right. Well, the great thing about Dimension Door is there's no mischance, so. Yeah. No, we should be fine there. Yeah, I just put you on the other side of the building just for convenience sake. You will be standing in front of the tower double doors, which are up here. It takes a minute or so before Walks With Birds catches up. You're aware he's there when the heat resumes. I'm too hot to miss. Does the uh, door look trapped or anything? The Black Tower has one entrance, a large stone door that looks to swing open easily at the touch on the northwestern facade. Are we ready? That's wherever going to be. Let's do this. Takes out my bow and arrow and gets ready. Try to open it quietly, if it can be. As your hand touches the door, just the lightest touch swings the door open. It's frictionless. And while there's no sound as you open the door easily at the gentlest touch, a cold wind blows out from inside, and you see the surface of the interior 
glitters with a, a sheen of frost. I'm gonna cast Detect Magic into the room. Anything at all? You do not detect any magic in this room. Barmy, as you step in to this room, you can tell that this is not just a, a sheen of frost. It is almost a coating of ice as your foot slips a little. Careful, folks. Give me a reflex save. Let's see if I bust my ass here real quick. Really? <laughs> that one does fail. Eh, damn it. So you will fall, but anything but in that one and you'd be on your feet. Seeing Barmy fall, Wax will step up and see what this does. Give me a reflex save. Even walking fire? Yes. That's fun. Oof. Especially fire on ice. Oh. <laughs> also in that one. <laughs> That's fun. Ice, not nice. Walks with birds as you step in, expecting the ice to melt at your presence. Mm -hmm. It definitely catches you off guard. You slip and fall on your back, much like Barmy did. And you quickly realize this is not normal ice. It should not have persisted. Indeed. And then the ballerina <laughs> comes in. <laughs> yeah. Eric with a nat 20 makes you two look like extra foolish. Because none of us can see him. He's still invisible. <laughs> oh, yeah. So again, I suffer alone on embarrassment. Yep. <laughs> I'm just going to lay here and uh, think about my life choices. <laughs> how tall are the doors and how tall is the room? Uh, as you look up, you see that this is a bell tower. So essentially the 140 feet up above, you see a bell hanging up there. Uh, it also looks like the harpy's roost up near the bell. Okay. Is there any obvious... There, there's no pathways up, no. Yeah, without flying, okay. Nothing obvious, at least. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I wasn't expecting uh, it to be so slippery. You okay? Well, we've been in caves and stuff. I, I haven't dealt with cold like this before. You need a hand? Uh, yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> Give me a reflex save to stand up, Barmy. Not one. <laughs> right? <laughs> Please be grateful. <laughs> Oh. It is not in that one. Uh, you regain your footing with relative ease. This is Barmy's first time actually dealing with natural ice. <laughs> I am not a cold dweller. <laughs> Why is this warm right? Walks, are you in front of me? Mm hmm. While you can feel the heat from Walks, you notice that the ice isn't melting from it. Am I taking cold damage? I do have cold vulnerability. Uh, yeah. I, every round you would spend in contact with the ice from being prone, you would take a d6 of damage. That's cool. Uh, literally. Oh, so I need to as well? Uh, no, just walks because of the vulnerability. Oh. All right. I'm going to try this once. This will be funny. Reflex save. Um, that's any contact, wouldn't it be? Yes. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. I was going to say, it might also be time for you to float. <laughs> yeah, uh, walks with birds. You quickly gain your footing and make your way back outside. Marana, you pass walks with birds on your way in. Finn remains on his feet as he enters. 
Marcus will just gently float into the room and will not touch the floor. <laughs> we don't need to roll this every time we move or like... Yes. <laughs> We're both. Okay, so he just walked into a slip and slide. That's nice. I don't see a way around it. So, uh... Then you feel a heat source uh, go away behind you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to drop out of fire elemental form. Can't float as a fire elemental? Nope. Oh. Marcus is going to start drifting around and looking at things, seeing if he can identify anything about this place or find the supposed Thessalonian law that's meant to be here. Sure, give me a perception check. I'll stand still. As you're looking around, you notice under the sheen of ice, right in front of Barmy, there is a trap door in the floor. Ooh, interesting. Any other features about this room itself? Any indication of to like where the cold's coming from or anything like that? No. Any anything that distinctly marks this as being Thessalonian design? Just the architectural style and building material. Okay, so no actual Thessalonian writing or anything like that. Nothing to even indicate what they use this building for or anything along those lines. Other than the bell at the top that denotes it as a bell tower? No. How tall is this tower? 140 feet. It is twice as high as all of the other towers and whatnot. And the gate was specified to be, you know, the tower is there as 70 feet. So this is 140 tall. How thick does this ice appear to be? It's not thick. It's it's almost just like a, um, a rhyme. Right? Like just the faintest crystallization on the surface. It's not like a solid sheet or anything, right? It's just, it, it's everywhere. Okay. What does the trapdoor look to be made out of? Is it stone, wood, something else? It's the same stone as the rest of the, the place. Uruk, you also notice this trapdoor as you approach, said Barmy. Barmy, seeing Uruk and Marcus both kind of gather around you looking down to the floor you look down and also now are aware there's a circular trap door here I guess I'll look around and try and see how to open it or would that be my disabled device thing or just perception again well since you're looking on how to open it as you begin to inspect it your lightest touch just like the doors to enter here move the the trap door ta-da the cold air that permeates here gets even colder. Oh, sorry. Burp. <laughs> the trap door set in the middle of the floor, its face also coated with ice as well. Like the entrance doors, the trap door swings open easily at the slightest touch to reveal a five foot wide circular shaft that drops down into darkness below. The shaft appears to be 50 feet deep that then opens into some sort of circular crypt chamber with a domed 20-foot-high ceiling. The floor here is icy as well, but the air cold enough to qualify as severe cold, which means it's essentially as cold as it was on top of Hook Mountain, if not colder. Does it? Does anyone have dark vision that is more than the standard 60-foot? Not I. All right. No. You cannot see to the bottom 
of this shaft. Your dark vision ends just after the opening into the rounded room. Can I, can I throw down a torch? Sure. Uh, if I see you about to do that, no, Fen, no. Oh, okay. Well, just an idea. All right. We don't know where this cold's coming from. Don't get me wrong. It would, it would show us how deep the shaft is and the, the room below. But if there's anything down there, this, this cold's unnatural. And it's coming from down there. Yeah, maybe I, I thought maybe it was connected to it. Out of character question, Furtive, there's, I've not seen any sign of the harpies actually in their roost. Right now, have I? Give me another perception check for that. Okay. From down here, it's hard to tell. You think there might be a few up there roosting? As if there's some sort of shift trade-off where the ones that are guarding would trade off with the ones who are sleeping now or something like that. You're not sure how many are up there total, but it, it does seem like there might be a few up there roosting, sleeping right now. We do have some company upstairs. They're all asleep right now, from the looks of it. Co- company as in what? Harpies. If you look there, between that that beam, and yeah, you can see the slight silhouette there That's that's not the shape of the rest of the beam. Marcus is obviously pointing this out. And there's a few other places like that. They'll... I think that's the harpies. Oh. So if we make too much noise, we're going to have to deal with them as well. They're quite a distance away at this point. So hopefully we'll be okay, but... I'm going to go ahead and cast Fly on myself. Marcus? Yeah? Do you think the extra cold from the open trapdoor will waken them? Probably not. But having been looking up and about, how far up does the frost go? Does it go all the way up the building? Or does it, like, start petering out halfway up or something? It's hard to tell in the darkness. For as far as you can see, it seems like the frost is still there. But higher up, it might... Might not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only reason you can see the bell and whatnot is because it's open to the air, so the light's coming in at the top, so you can see there, but in between the end of your dark vision and that light, you lose clarity on what's going on. Fair. Okay, so if we're going down... Well, you'll let me know if you need me and I can just jump down there. You sure? Well, I got my boots, so it won't hurt much. You think you can get back up again? Uh, that would be the good question, wouldn't it? Maybe we can carry you up, probably. I mean, just if you need me to go down, that's what I'm saying. So I can wait until you're all scouted out with your flying, and and then if you need me, I can just jump, and then others can make their way there. In terms of anyone scouting it, I would say you would be one of the better options. Problem is, how do you, we keep in contact with you when you're down there? I also don't know how far down there is. Fair. We know it opens up at about 50, 60 feet. Yeah, but how many 50, 60 feet are there? Yeah, that's a reasonable. I'm totally willing to jump. I just need to know where I'm landing. Let me scout it then. I'm flying right now, so... I should be okay from the cold, for now at least. I've just shared with everyone the uh, cold exposure 
notes. Okay. Well, Marcus is going to gently nudge the door open and start quietly flying down to try and sneak and see what's down there. All right. Don't sound that happy, GM. He's been waiting for this moment. For all his life. <laughs> Meanwhile, while that's happening, Marana, who still has all of the gear she's been carrying, thinks about it for a minute and then starts putting on the cold weather gear she has with her. Because fuck that, it's cold down there. The shaft is 50 feet deep. Marcus, when you get to the bottom of that shaft, it opens up into a circular crypt with a dome 20 foot high ceiling. The floor here is icy as well, and the air enough to qualify as severe cold. That 20 foot high dome ceiling, essentially, it's only a 70 foot drop total that Barmy would have had to do. Yeah. It was just beyond your uh, dark visions cone. And when you get down here, you see in the center of the room, laying on the ice, a mummified body. I need a perception check from you as you enter this chamber and see this uh, mummified individual tightly bound in black bandages, clutching a large scroll tube, its eyes open and glowing green. Okay, its eyes open. Yes. I rolled a perception for just generally looking around. Is that what you want, or do you want a specific one here? That is what I need. You rolled a 30, and the DC was 29. Congrats. You can hear the mummified being faintly whispering, the green light, the green light, the green light, the green light in Thessalonian over and over and over again. Okay. Um, I'm sure that's fine. Yeah, I'm sure absolutely nothing is going to come of that in any way, shape or form. Identification of this thing? Sure. Just to be safe, better set it on fire. I assume knowledge religion. Am I correct in that assumption? We'll, we'll see what you roll. Oh, not quite in that one. You succeed by one. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is getting to be a trend. So you, you get a single question and identify that this is a dread mummy. Okay. Um, one question. Wait for it. I'm tempted. I'm really tempted, but um, I think other things will be useful. Since I have identified it, what does it have any types other than undead as a baseline thing? That would be a knowledge local. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, to identify what it was before Undead, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I'm just asking about the mechanical, is this just Undead or is this an Undead Vermin or whatever, but okay. Local. Uh, uh, it is an Undead Augmented Human, so knowledge local. Okay. You know what? Because it's you, I would also allow a history. Oh, boy. Oh, that's a lot better. <laughs> Is oh, it that one did. <laughs> but hopefully... That one with a 32, however, so... <laughs> yeah. 32 result off a one. That's stupid. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. that's, that's, that's intelligence. <laughs> no, that that's Marcus in his single best skill. That's yeah. definitely skills. The opposite of stupid. 
<laughs> uh, you identify that this is an Islanti monk on top of being turned into a dread mummy. Aslanti. And that will get you an additional three questions. Oh. Ooh. Uh, the, the questions I really want to ask right now are not things I can get through identification. They require divination magics. Um, Just throw it over your shoulder and figure it out later. Yeah. Uh, let's start with uh, Dread Mummy Ecology. Dread Mummy's flesh atrophies after death, allowing its skin to shrink tightly against its bones. Although not all Dread Mummies are wrapped in funerary cloth, most are. Dread Mummies get to keep their base creature statistics, and the mummy template and whatnot is applied on top of, so they are very similar to like what uh, Skeleton Champions were with Ishmael, only mummies instead. Normally, these are denizens of Assyrian cradled in scorching sands beneath relentless suns within the tombs of kings and pharaohs those inherited with the sorry interred within the structures don't always rest quietly some rise from their sarcophagi and crypts to walk the land as mummies a few known as dread mummies become kings among these undead these lords of death learn to command their fellows and visit destruction upon those who dared to stir their wrath. They don't always have to deal with sand. They could be of many different environments. They're very similar to mummies, but they're more powerful. And they are not pure undead in the fact that they have the template put on top of all the base stuff and they get to keep those abilities. Similar to like Juju zombies or skeletal champions, that sort of thing. So basically, mummy with class levels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a stretch to guess what class this particular one has, but you never know. They, they might misname things deliberately, but... Um... Now, I have three more questions, right? Yep. So, relevant to this specific mummy, worst save? Will. But in undead, so immune to mind-affecting... Okay. Total hit dice? 11. Okay. Special attacks. Flurry of blows. Stunning fist. Command undead. Mummy rot. And the breath of death. Goddamn things got halitosis. Well, you sit down here dead for a long time. I'm sure you have. you'll have morning breath too. Can I see any details about the thing that it's clutching to itself? It appears to be an ancient Thessalonian scroll case. And out of character, remind me what it was whispering again. The green light, 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 the green light. Yeah, okay. The green light. So was it the green light? Green light? Green light. No. Red light? Green light. Okay. But are there four lights? The green light, the green light. Green light, the green light, the green light, the green light. I'm, I so don't feel green bad light. for the editors right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking around the room in general, uh, is there any any other obvious notable features or indications of anything else that might be the origin of the cold? This is a crypt of some form. Nothing really says what or why the cold is here 
that is apparent to you right now. Okay, so th there's no light flame of cold or anything like that? No. Is there any writing on the actual crypts themselves? I'm not getting close enough to try and read it. I just want to know if there is writing from a distance. Not that you can see at the moment. Yeah, Marcus is going to slowly rise back up. Well, let's see if you're noticed first. Kalima, would you like to roll a uh, stealth check? No, I can't fail. Even with a nat one, I will beat that perception. Okay. Yeah, he, he rolled badly. Yep. Uh, you, you come down for a brief moment, take a quick look around and go back up before this creature has a chance to notice you in his apparent insanity. Yeah, so the rest of the party will see Marcus emerge from the trapdoor and just drift sideways away from it and just not looking at anything in particular up here right now for a few moments. Well, oh, um, I think I know how the harpies learned what they learned. They have a teacher. A teacher? Well, that's usually a good way to learn things. I would say yes, a living, breathing teacher, but I don't believe either of those statements would be factually correct. What do you mean by that? It's undead. A mummy. A dread mummy that retains knowledge of what it was in life, and if the harpies are monks, it's... it's ancient. It's speaking Thessalonian, but I think... It's actually a Vesalanti blood. Huh. I'm sorry, that doesn't say anything to me, but I assume it's really old? Very old, yes. If nothing else, it, it proves that the Aslanti and the Thessalonians were contemporaries. More evidence of that. But the Aslanti were... When you say ancient, how how old are we talking about? pre-Starfall, so about 10,000 years. He's been down there for 10,000 years? Probably. I mean, it's possibly does stuff, but he's seems to be occupying himself by muttering or ranting maybe about the green light. What you're saying is, is the thing that we came here looking for is down there in the arms of an old as hell Assholian. Yeah, well, uh, Thessalonian. The origin of Th Thessalonian, yes. The origin. That's that's what I said. Uh, no. The origin of the the mummy's knowledge is almost certainly that creature. Whether it's the creature itself that's trained them, or it has a Thessalonian scroll case. So who knows what's in that? But you you said it was Thessalonian and then something else. Yes, Thessalonian refers to the language. But you said he was something more. Thessalonian and something more. Aslanti. The Aslanti were a very ancient race. Older than the Thessalonians? He's always thought so, but apparently not. They were... You know humans as they are now. The... The Aslanti... You know, ethnicity? Species? I don't know if they would be technically a different species they were like humans but exceptionally long lived 
reportedly all extremely powerful and so on better than humanity is now I seem to carry the very very faintest traces of their blood I'm watered down over millennia but I do carry traces of their ancestry with me which is why I know some of this I took the time to learn it to understand they died hundreds if not thousands of generations back really really long way you're related to him somehow if you can call that related no but the the vestiges of the bloodline survive places like Taldor Cheliax well uh, from what you're saying about uh, the actual mummy um, being the one teaching it is probably him teaching as monks learning from scrolls uh, that's a far off thing mate it doesn't happen a lot I mean at least nowadays so it's, it's probably just him guarding it whatever it is they, they might down there is a crypt that would explain the presence of a mummy certainly you hear tales of them in parts of Gurundi, Assyrian in particular, because they make a, a habit of interring their dead. So you, you hear tales of like mummies and dread mummies. Well, so far with the, what you guys have learned me on the Rune Lords, they haven't shied away from using undead. So it doesn't surprise me much. Yeah, I wonder if he is directly tied to... The signs of the Aslanti blood were were there, were present. For him to be of that bloodline, it was all but extinct, certainly within my lifetime, other than pure-blooded, at least. Those like me that remain a fraction of what they were. The last pure-blooded Aslanti died and <laughs> disrupted a lot of things in doing so. Knowledge religion for everyone on that comment. The book that he's holding... Scroll. Or case containing multiple scrolls, perhaps? Is that important for you, for us to solve this? Those of you making the knowledge religion check and got a 10 or better know that the reference to the last living Islanti was referring to... Arodin, the god who died a century ago. And for clarification, that's everyone but Barmy. <laughs> yeah. Barmy knows nothing about this. <laughs> I, I don't know what's in that scroll. Whether it's one scroll or a hundred. Certainly a large scroll case, but... Do you think the mummy or the scroll case is the source of the this slippery stuff? I don't know. I didn't see anything obvious to explain the presence of the cold down there, but it was definitely more intense than up here. So what Morana's done, the rest of you might want to consider uh, if we are going down there. If I had brought anything. You didn't? Uh, no. You should be okay as long as it's relatively short duration, but you don't want to linger down there then. Uh, out of character, though, I do still have your ablative armor and uh, fire resistance. Um, but the cold does, I think it's, 
normally once per minute 1d6? Yeah. Cold is, cold is energy damage, so it's not affected by the ablative barrier. Well, I mean, it also does non-lethal, though. But we can also do this. I have one close with me. I can put that on, and I can cast Endure Elements on you, Barmy. So you, you can you can take it. Yeah, I've never been in cold like this before. That's okay. I'll, I'll help you. I mean, fuck him from Varithia, please. Given that thing retains knowledge of life, I would guess that that is probably what taught the harpies, and that the scroll case is something else. But I can't be certain. Taught the harpies what? How to do what they do. We were warned, yes, that they, they move and fight. Now I remember. Yes. Sorry, I was a little focused on cold as fuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we're basically going down there to fight the head of a monk temple. Well, this will be interesting. Is he directly below the door? Um, more or less. Let me know when you're ready. Yeah, if you want to avoid landing on him, I suggest falling down that part of the drop chute. Uh, avoiding was not the thought. Oh, right. Y'all can, which, if I don't, makes it a lot easier for you two. I suppose if we... If you go down... I'm definitely going to be going down a lot faster than y'all, so you might need to go first. Somebody else holds the trapdoor open. As long as you keep him under the trapdoor... Marcus, are anyone able to communicate with him? Probably. Speaks Thessalonian. I mean, you can try to talk to a mummy. He's teaching harpies of all creatures. Yeah. That might be a good teacher then. <laughs> mm. They were probably the only things that were here, though. I was just thinking that if we could persuade him somehow without bloodshed. I have questions about his mental capacity, or its mental capacity. That thing is muttering over and over again. Yeah, maybe he's not that sane anymore. If he has spent 10,000 years trapped in a room. Yeah, exactly. Out of character, first of thinking about it, can I think of anything obvious correlation with what I know of history and the green light? Is it like a reference to a deity? Is it a thing that's enshrined in law? Is it like a reference to one of the sins, maybe? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing anything that really talks about it. Okay, were the sins or the virtues associated with colors at all? No? Question mark? <laughs> I don't actually know, but it's like the the obvious thing is if, if they're using, like, modern versions as the baseline, green for envy kind of thing or maybe greed just wondering if that might be like an explanation of some sort okay I see uh no so the scroll case he's clutching onto for dear life the uh runes on it are glowing green as well maybe it's an incantation maybe he's saying the green light to keep this thing going didn't sound that way. I don't know. I, just, I was just going off what you told us. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's possible it could be. Certainly possible. It, that wasn't the impression I got. It sounded more like ravings, but... 
There is definitely something down there of Thessalonian origin, and we wanted Law to find out about what this place is or was to prepare us. I mean, I want to go down and get that thing because I want to know what it is. I don't think the creature's going to, to want to help us in that, but you never know. But if I go down to talk to it, it's going to know we're here. Which means we need to be ready for that if it turns hostile. I mean, I could be right here and you just holler and away I go. In game time, how long have we been in here so far? Are you wondering for a cold effect? I'm wondering for invisibility effect. Oh, at least 10 minutes discussing this. So it would have ended. Speaking of which, now that he's visible, what form do we see walks in? A towering, four-armed humanoid, seemingly made of moss and splintered wood, with a sinister face and no mouth. Okay. I'm assuming a wood elemental type of some sort? Plant creature, but no. Right. Um, if I go down to talk to him, does anyone else speak Thessalonian who wants to come? I think it's only you, Marcus. Someone make sure to keep the trapdoor open. Make sure it's got a decent line of sight. Decent fire arc. If I start yelling or whatever, or Barmy jumps in, um, that would be a good time for the torch, Fen. And that, that way Yurik will be able to see at the bottom what she's shooting at. I, I mean, I could just carry a torch down with me. Oh, that, yeah, that, that works too. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah. Rana has already activated her flight hex. She wasn't taking no for an answer on that. <laughs> okay. Quiet. What type of arrow do you think I need on this one? Uh, out of character, I would go with normal arrows. Okay, everyone's ready. Um, before you go, could anyone cast haste on me? Okay. Well, just in case he doesn't want to talk then. Marcus will cast haste. Yes. And then slip through the door. And fly back down towards it. Morana begins floating down as well. Also activating tongues. Barmy's just pulling out his torch and holding it ready. Yep, Fen is ready to float down whenever. So Marcus isn't trying to be stealthy at all this time as he he's gonna stop out of what he thinks is it's a 20 foot at the top so he's gonna stop fairly close to the entrance to to where the thing comes down and just speaking Thessalonian greetings Murano went down too yes it notices you both its eyes flash a swarm of bats appears around you, and we're in initiative. Okay. So much for talking. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. The Black Monk goes first. It activates an aura of despair. You need a will save from everyone within 30 feet of it. It's both of you. It is a mind-affecting fear effect for you. I don't think I have situational bonuses for that. No, I don't. So, yeah. Uh, 
Okay, Marana gets a nat 20 on the save. Instead of being paralyzed from the despair, you are instead staggered for one round. And Marcus saves. So you will also be staggered for a round. Okay. It will then fly up and meet you. As it flies up, does that bring it into the 60-foot sight range of us up top? It will. Oh, Lord. You can just barely see it through the, uh, the trap door because it's, it's not directly under it. It's kind of just, just off to the side. You see Marcus, Marana, a swarm of bats surrounding them and then floating up to meet them, flying up uh, this mummified creature, clutching this large scroll tube. Walks, you have no idea what this creature is. Trying to identify it. Cool. It looks like a mummy, but it's not behaving like a mummy. Something's off here. It, it's it's weird. You don't get it. Mummies are supposed to be on the ground. It, exactly. Barmy gets a nat 20 on his uh, knowledge local and identifies that this is a monk. <laughs> Monks don't usually fly. That's, that's a little weird to you. Yeah, knowledge religion for Finn, nat 20. And the knowledge local is enough to identify an Aslanti dread mummy monk. Uh, Finn will get a four questions. Cool. All right. Nice. From the religion and only one question from the local. Uh, Marana gets two questions. Uh, was that a religion or a local? That's. That's local. Local. Oh, okay. uh, roll religion too. Yeah, and religion. You don't know what this is. It looks like a mummy. It's not a mummy. Something's weird. Yeah. Burn it with fire. I'll go special attacks. Uh, breath of death, command undead, flurry of blows, mummy rot, stunning fist. Oh, right. We got those, yeah. Yeah, we already got those. If you want to ask about the specifics of one of those, like breath of death or mummy rot. Yeah, that was. Yeah, breath of death. Breath of Death. All right. Uh, once every 1d4 rounds, as a standard action, the Black Monk can exhale a 30-foot cone of tomb gas. Any living creatures in this area must make a successful fortitude save or gain 1d4 negative levels. A creature killed by these negative levels rises as a juju zombie under the monk's control and remains so until the monk is destroyed. At which point, you're just no longer under its control. This Juju Zombie Resurrection happens within 1d4 rounds. That's a fast conversion, yep. Yeah. It's worst save was Will, right? Yes, but obviously mind-affecting. Yeah, no, I'm not worried, not worried about that. Yeah, also Monk, so its worst save might be a plus 20. <laughs> yeah. What was the... Um... The mummies. I forget the word that was used for the ability. Mummy rot? That's the one. Yeah. This functions as a typical mummy rot, curse, and disease combo. This dread mummy, however, because it has monk levels, can afflict its mummy rot instead of with normal, like, claw or bite attacks or whatnot. Any flurry of blows that it does will also transmit mummy rot. Mm hmm. 1d6 con damage and 1d6 charisma drain. No, sorry, damage, not drain. Uh, Mummy Rock can only be cured by successfully casting both remove curse and remove disease within one minute of each other. The disease 
onsets within one minute of contracting the curse slash disease, and you only take the con damage and charisma damage once per day after contracting. Okay. In the course of a battle, it's not that big of a deal, but it's definitely something you don't want to have to deal with if possible. Yeah. And if anything, only on one person. <laughs> trying to think of the last one. There's all sorts of things you could ask. Like, um, maybe how it's flying, I guess? I don't know. Well, would that be a, a legal question to try and figure that out? Yeah. Yeah, let's figure that out. Why is this thing up here? This, this was not part of the plan. Uh, that's why, because we made a plan. <laughs> exactly. Starts flipping pages. This shit wasn't in the script. Give me a spellcraft on that. Spellcraft, I say. All right. Uh, you recognize the effects of flight magic, but there is no magic happening, actually. It appears that the monk has mastered some form of flight magic, supernatural flight, similar to like your hex, potentially, but with no limitations. It's some sort of secret ancient art. Also known as justifying why a monster can fly without being allowing players to have permanent flight. It's a transcendent undead monk. Uh, whereas your fly spell grants a fly speed of 60 feet, but average flight control, his fly speed is only 50 feet, but he is at perfect. Of course he is. All right. We need to set this thing on fire. <laughs> Just straight to fire, huh? Yeah. Always. Oh, you know, bandages. So. Uh, other people's questions. That's all I had was wondering how it flied. <laughs> oh, given this is a mummy, someone ought to check vulnerabilities. Just saying. I imagine there's going to be some bullshit there. Weaknesses? Uh, vulnerable to fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling. It is? <gasps> it's surprise. just wrapped in linen and extremely dry. I would, I would assume fire. Other questions? Uh, any damage resistance? Yeah, DR5 dash. Oh, okay. I think most of us are going to be able to avoid that easily. Or circumvent, sorry. Let's just do uh, resistances and uh, immunities. Resistance is channel resistance and improved evasion. Immunities are cold, disease, poison, and standard undead traits. I'll ask how strong his attack bonus might be. Uh, attack bonus of a plus eight. Gauging another monk's physical capability. Plus eight. For clarity, is that his base attack or is that his actual attack bonus? Base attack. Right, okay. Well, I guess on that note, I'll ask you what his AC is. 29. So after the uh, monk flies up here, he notices the uh, people looking down at him. And he's going to do a little, uh, little, little fun thing here called Creeping Doom. And summons... Four swarms of creatures for those of you standing on the floor up above. Uh, it is a spell-like ability. That provokes. Uh, you can't attack anything because you're in a swarm yourself. Does that nullify reactions? Uh, yeah, you're considered as nauseated while within a swarm. Ah, right. Okay. 
I thought that's only if you failed the uh, the distractibility. Oh, I'm staggered anyway right now. So true. So I need centipede swarms, and they oh, instead of the normal two d six and poison, they do four d six and poison. That's fun. Oh God, a standard action summon. That's oh that I'm fairly certain is like a high level druid spell. Uh, it is. Like eight or eighth or ninth level, I think, if I'm remembering right. At least seven. Yeah. And you yeah. guys went down there just by yourselves. Uh-huh. Why a monk is casting druid spells, I personally can't answer, but it's in his stat block, so I'm using it. It's a little bit stupid. It, exactly. It's like I I don't get it, but okay. It is it's a little bit dumb. Yeah, I mean also Automatic damage is about the only way you're going to damage Barmy, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, fuck all. Same team! <laughs> Don't remind him. <laughs> so, the first swarm will be on Finwarren, Barmy, and Walks with Birds. Second swarm is... Just Walks with Birds. Two. Two. <laughs> Creatures... Caught in multiple swarms only take damage and make save once. Oh, that's nifty. That's how you're supposed to same team, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the same team at all. That's right. It's just not your team. Because I'm acting on the same team. How dare. Uh, deal with it. The 46 is the physical damage, right? Yes. Uh, let me roll Eric's swarm real quick. Centipede swarm poison. 20 is what you're aiming for, not the standard DC of 13. Oh, oh, lucky. Nat 20 from Finn. Barmy saves. Ulrich fails. And walks with bird saves. Final swarm of the bat swarm that is on Marcus and Marana. That is just a D6 of damage. Oh, God. But you both take one point of bleed. That will not stack with subsequent swarm attacks. It's just there until healed. Okay, so for those of us that saved, how much damage do we take? Uh, you take the full damage. The save is just to not be affected by the nauseation. So D4... Wait, we still take dex damage or whatnot? Don't know what I was... I was moving on to the bats. Sorry. Uh, D4 of damage. Uh, those who saved don't get poisoned. Those that failed the save, which is just Yurik, will take D4 of dex damage, which is just one point. Hey, that doesn't really do much to you. Ben, you are the first to act out of your group. All right, so I'm inside a swarm. What can I do? Can I move out of it? Uh, you can. It, you have your full normal actions. You saved against the, the poison. Oh, yeah, there's a fortitude save to avoid being nauseated. That was a separate save. Sorry. So I do another fortitude save. Yeah. 26. You, you're not nauseated, so you have your full round of actions to choose from. I'll move over there. And I'm four squares up. Uh, Wait a second. What? Were you already flying? I know yeah, you yeah, yeah. cast fly, but I don't remember you specifying that you were flying. Yes. After I slipped inside this room, I cast fly. Oh, Oh, well, saved against the slip. Yeah, but you, you right. weren't actually elevated up or anything, is what Earth is getting at. Oh, well, I yeah. forgot to say that, but I put the four on the 
uh, fly thing, too. I just noticed that on your token, which is why I was asking. Ah, okay. It wasn't specified, but if you were flying, you wouldn't have been in the swarms. Okay, okay, yeah. I'll just negate the damage then. Okay. Sounds That's great. fair. <laughs> you, you weren't in the swarm, you didn't take the damage because you were flying, all of that's fine. Okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and cast a potion of alchemist fire on the one just above me. The one that's not actually doing anything? I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it affect say. people inside the swarms if I throw an alchemist fire? Potentially. Splash damage and whatnot. I mean, there are, there are also other options that you have. Uh-huh. You could fireball. That could work. Don't have that. Uh, it's still, it, it was spent. Wait, you only have one fireball? No, I had like three. What? Oh, okay. we got a whole another necklace, didn't we? You, yeah, you have a you have a necklace. Oh, that's true. That's true. Let's see. Let's see which one to use. If you are gonna do that, you could wait till after Uruk, and we might all be out of the way. Ready in action. Yeah, I'll do that. Oh, sounds good. All right, so you're readying to throw a fireball at these swarms when your friends aren't in the area of the booms. Marana. Hey, you know, let's test that will save. Uh, You were staggered, correct? Yeah, but I still have a standard. Okay. Testing the will save. Is this enchantment-based? It, it has bonuses to enchantment, and if it's anything mental, it, it is undead, so it's immune unless you have things that bypass... Undead. I'm fairly certain it's unity. not immune to this, and it's not enchantment if Marana's doing what I think. We're, we're going straight to Bone Thrall. I'm, I'm not dealing with this. Oh, you're trying to control it because it's undead. Yes. I see. That's not enough. Does it get bonuses from being a intelligent undead? Uh, the only thing it says for that, intelligent dead receive a new saving throw each day to resist her command. Each day? Interesting. Okay. You were looking for a 22. Roll the 19. Yep. It, was, it, was it really just that anticlimactic which has happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's how I expected this fight to go. It was either going to be extremely difficult or super simple. <laughs> Nothing in between. Uh, Mar- Marana sees undead and says... No. Bad. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> uh, the only reason I've done what I've done uh, with the swarms and whatnot is because the, the monk got the jump on you with the initiative and whatnot. So now that Marana technically controls this, does he, does she also control the swarms? No. No, because the monk doesn't control the swarms either. Oh, oh, fun. No, and I don't think I can command it to dispel them either because they're... Not like that. Uh, is it a dismissible spell? No. Barmy, it's your turn. Unless Marana's not doing anything else. I only had I only had a standard, so... But you see Marana locking eyes with this thing, and then it just stops. Okay. So is he saying red light now? Is Marana telling anyone what just happened? Yeah. She'll, she'll say something along the lines of, I have control of it. So this is your fault. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm going to jump down. Uruk, if you jump after me, uh, if nobody else can, I'll keep you from falling. Wait, what? <laughs> so Barmy is yeeting himself down the hole. 
Yep. I love Barmy. <laughs> you fall past a swarm of bats. Can I still go through my plan of trying to land on the mummy? Uh, give me a reflex save. Th- and this is just trying to do the same thing, kind of like what I did to the big flying giant from before. You grab onto its wrapped legs. <laughs> oh, that can go sideways. <laughs> All right. Walks with birds. He will retrieve a necklace from his polymorphic pouch and throw a bead onto the floor. This will be the 66 one. Never mind, Erg, don't jump. I can't do the thing I thought I could. If you thought I was going to jump in the first place. (laughs) Of course I did. (laughs) Army thinks everyone is Barmy. All will be one. Not like you have anyone in the party who may or may not have memorized Featherfall, knowing that we have a Barmy. 17 points damage, plus 50% because Swarm, 25 points of damage. On all of them, or just three? All of them. Are you immune to your own fireball? I would hope so, if you're just standing there in it. I'll, uh, I'll lovingly say that I am not Barmy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a reflex save for half for you. I'm fine. He even had time to slip on an extra large pair of sunglasses and turn away from it before it blew up. All right, Marcus, what are you going to be up to? Um, I assume I recognize what Moran has done, at least to some degree. I have it, yeah. And you have seen her do this before. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which case? Fly out of the swarm. And Marcus will cast Infernal Healing on himself to negate the bleed. Ah, that's me done then. Ruck. Yes. And these were swarms, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so my bow and arrow are useless to this. Yeah. Yeah, so I just... Can't kill it in one turn. Not this time. No. They have Uruk resistance. Swarms. Threats to level 1, threats to level 20. (laughs) Yeah. So I just try to move out of the way from them. And we had to do a reflex save for every time we, we had to move because it was so... I see. A slippery. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So much is happening. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I forgot y- it. You reminded yep. first of who yep. forgotten, yes. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> oh, boy, same team. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of that today. Never miss an opportunity. <laughs> I mean, someone's same team to themselves, so. So that's my move. All right. Nothing else, huh? Not at the moment. I, I'm helpless against these. All right. Ben, your ready to action didn't go off because Walks with Birds is still in the area. Yep. So you have essentially delayed. Would you like to come off delay and take your turn? I can do that, yeah. And do something? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I wanted to change my mind anyway and not waste a bead. Instead, instead, I'll cast a fireball from my bonded item. Okay. What are you doing then? 
a full power fireball. Oh my. Bada boom. You gotta shoot it right at walks with birds, huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> just just next to him so it t- catches all four swarms. <laughs> We'll take the damage. You don't see him take nearly that much damage. Oh. <laughs> I, I figured you had some kind of fire resistance stuff or whatever. And it actually almost immediately starts healing by itself somehow. Oh, mm. oh shit. Yeah, nice. Uh, so it's the Black Monk's turn. Is there anything he's allowed to do? I, I don't think so. He's... You've taken control, but you haven't really given any commands or anything, so I don't know how that ability works. You've only used it once before, if I recall. It was a ghoul in the barn. Oh, okay. Yeah, subject is intelligent. It perceives your words and actions favorably. It will not attack you while the spell lasts. You can give orders, but must win an opposed charisma check to convince it to do anything it wouldn't ordinarily do. Wait, it won't attack you. It doesn't say anything about allies. The only thing it says is any act by you or your apparent allies that threatens it breaks the spell. Ah. So it's technically friendly right now. Well, Marcus, you probably have that conversation with it if you wanted to try. Uh, Barmy, I need you to give me a uh, will save as you have entered into the despair aura, which I had almost forgotten about entirely. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> Fish posh. You fail. As you fall down the tunnel and grab onto the, this mummy's legs, you're overcome with a uh, fear and despair, and you are now paralyzed. <laughs> yeah, well, to the ground. <laughs> uh, paralyzed, I just don't move anymore, so it doesn't make me limp. Right, you're still hanging onto his legs. You just, you're just you frozen in fear, right? gripping on. So now I have a death grip. Yes. Epic. But that also makes you non-threatening, so the monk will not see you as a threat, and you're not taking any threatening actions. There's no potential for that, so yeah. Uh, Swarm will deal one more last d6 of damage and then dissipate. Have a point of damage, Marana. Ow. And then a point from your bleed. Yep. It's now your turn, Marana. She'll say, now, and she'll fly over to where Marcus is, still keeping her eyes on the, the monk. Now, this leads to an interesting possibility. What are your views on causing some chaos? What exactly did you have in mind? Well, remember in Sandpoint, when the dragon got back up? Yes. You see, that was me. Marcus doesn't respond to that. And I could do that again here and cause some real confusion up above and outside. That could work to our benefit. What better way to cause confusion in the ranks than to have the teacher attack its students? Are you trying to talk in a low voice so no one else can hear? Not outwardly trying, but just this is how she talks when she has ideas. Marana is out of range for you to overhear this conversation. Same thing for Fen. There's no risk of you losing control if you do that. I didn't lose control of the dragon when I was flying it all over Sandpoint. And this is a much smaller area. I will 
need the rest of you to keep me safe while I do it. Well, the the, the rest of me, anyway. My concern with that is that you'll draw the attention of the giants. We agreed to try and leave as many of them alive as possible. I only plan on going after the harpies. The giants attack the mummies, and that's what they do, but I won't be returning engagement. Harpies, perhaps the rocks, if it survives long enough. Would it be you, or would it be fighting as it? I would be in control of its body. No, I... It's obviously a monk. Can you replicate what it can do? Hmm. Or is it just you can control everything? Or is it just you being you just in a different body? I don't remember what we ruled on that part. I don't... Maybe I don't get, like, the fighting ability in that. All it says is you take direct control as if using magic jar. Right, so any class-specific stuff you wouldn't have, but any racial or creature-type abilities you do have. Right. Okay. So, like, the dragon, you had its natural attacks, which is what you primarily used. Yeah. Right. Uh, we had specifically discussed, because uh, he had the option of turning it into a skeleton or a zombie, and he chose zombie because then it kept wings and he could have a fly speed instead of a skeleton, which lost its flight ability for the creature. Yeah. Right, so if I did it with this, I probably wouldn't even have the spell like for the flight, so and that's pretty much useless, actually. Just thanks for my... Oh, tragic. Disregard the thought. I mean... Wouldn't work the way I had in mind. Given what it is, what it probably knows, I would love to talk with it. In the state it's in now, you have the you have the opportunity. It can still respond, it just won't attack. Just don't piss it off. The other thing that springs to mind is there is a certain giant that's been causing trouble that we could use all the allies we could get. Would that be possible within the scope of what you can do? I don't I don't see how the two relate bringing it with us so it can help us fight against the person we're here to kill? If you can convince it of that, I, I don't know. I don't know what it what its thoughts are. I can't read it. I'm just keeping it under wraps, as it were. Ah, of course, because if it's it's not normal undead. It's not mindless. Well, there's an intelligence there. I'm just suppressing it. And let's see about talking to it. That's all the time we have for now. To learn more about the show, the cast, etc., head over to wayward-expeditions.com. <laughs>